Taiwan has lost another diplomatic ally, this time Nicaragua. The Nicaraguan foreign minister announced Thursday that his country would switch recognition to the People's Republic of China, saying that Taiwan was part of China's territory. Taiwan responded on Friday by severing diplomatic ties with the Central American country and terminating all cooperation projects. President Tsai Ing-wen said Taiwan would remain resolutely committed to freedom and democracy in the face of China's continuing pressure and threats. Taiwan's ally in Central America, Nicaragua, on Thursday severed diplomatic ties with Taiwan. Without a warning, the country announced it had switched allegiance to Beijing, saying that Taiwan was an inseparable part of Chinese territory. The government of the Republic of Nicaragua hereby announces that it recognizes that there is just one China in the world. The People's Republic of China is the sole legitimate government of China, and Taiwan is an inseparable part of Chinese territory. The government of the Republic of Nicaragua today hereby breaks its diplomatic relations with Taiwan. Just three hours after announcing the break of relations with Taiwan, Nicaragua signed a joint communique with China, announcing the resumption of official ties between the two countries. On Friday, Taiwan's foreign ministry said it deeply regretted the decision. It severed diplomatic ties with Nicaragua and ended all bilateral cooperation projects and aid programs. The change leaves Taiwan with just 14 diplomatic allies in the world. The decision to break diplomatic ties comes amid complexities in international politics and cross-strait relations. I would like to tell all Taiwanese, as Taiwan's democracy becomes more successful and as international support for us grows, authoritarian forces will ramp up their pressure. We believe without a doubt that no diplomatic pressure, threat or military intimidation will change our determination and commitment to democracy and freedom, to connect with the world and to take part in international democratic society. President Tsai Ing-wen stressed that China's attempts to erode Taiwan's diplomatic space would not change Taiwan's commitment to freedom, democracy and openness to the world. U.S. Department of State spokesperson Ned Price released a statement on the matter. In it, he described Nicaragua's recent general election as a sham, saying that the Ortega regime's actions cannot reflect the will of the Nicaraguan people. He added that the break of ties with Taiwan was depriving Nicaragua's people of a steadfast partner in its democratic and economic growth. As China exhausts its schemes, we can see how many democratic countries with similar values to ours are attaching more and more importance to Taiwan. They're supporting Taiwan more and more. We must continue making efforts. The break of ties comes just on the opening of the U.S.'s Summit for Democracy, to which Taiwan was invited. Meanwhile, neither China nor Nicaragua received an invitation, showing that Taiwan does not stand alone, but with democratic allies from around the world. Activists from 29 civil rights associations and several city councillors held a protest Friday calling for a boycott of the upcoming 2022 Winter Olympics in Beijing. They say that China's human rights abuses against Tibetans and Hong Kongers, as well as its oppression of Taiwan, have no place in a sporting event that values fair competition. The activists say they will hold a flash protest every Wednesday until the start of the Winter Games to raise awareness of Beijing's human rights abuses. Go out! 
Handcuffed to Olympic rings, a Hong Konger wearing a gas mask and a Tibetan in traditional garb stage a protest outside a branch of the Bank of China in Taipei. December 10 is Human Rights Day and activists have gathered here, calling for a boycott of the 2022 Winter Olympics in Beijing. China's actions are diametrically opposite to the Olympic values. So Beijing's hosting of the Games is a parody of the Olympic values. It's ludicrous. Because every time the Olympic Games are happening in Beijing, Beijing will ramp up its human rights abuses in the name of stability. That's when the abuses are at their worst. Members from 29 civil rights associations and local councillors joined the protest. Together, they accused China of abusing its citizens and of eroding Taiwan's space in international events and organizations. They called the Chinese government the world's worst human rights abuser, adding that China's challenges to democracy rang contrary to the Olympic spirit of fair competition. They urged everyone to boycott the 2022 Beijing Winter Games. Around the world, more and more countries and friends are standing up and paying attention to China's human rights abuses. Living in Taiwan, right next to that evil neighbor China, we should do even more. Because we are on the front line, we're being oppressed by this bad neighbor. Starting December 10th and until the Olympic opening ceremony on February 4th, flash protests will be held every Wednesday noon outside the Bank of China offices. With China ramping up its oppression tactics, the activists hope that their actions will raise awareness of human rights violations around the world. They also hope to send a message to the Olympics that the world will not condone human rights abuses. The Ministry of the Interior has proposed new legislation to curb housing speculation. If passed, people involved in severe speculation cases could face prison sentences of three years or fines of up to 50 million Taiwan dollars. But people on the streets say the new regulations will not likely rein in the runaway housing prices. On the street, a long line of people stand in line, waiting to buy a pre-sale home. In recent years, investors have been buying up properties, sending real estate prices soaring. The Ministry of the Interior says it's planning an amendment to stem the problem. Taiwan's high housing prices and housing speculation are at the top of people's grievances. There are indeed unscrupulous operators or house speculators who do whatever they want. To cut down speculation in the pre-sale housing market, the Ministry of the Interior has drafted an amendment to completely ban the resale of pre-sale and newly built housing contracts. Violators could face fines from 500,000 NT to 3 million NT. People involved in severe speculation could face prison sentences of three years of fines of up to 50 million NT. But people on the street say the new regulations will likely do little to keep prices from rising. The key aspect here is that the government has to be serious about it. You can't put up a law and have lax enforcement. People will lose hope, and they'll think that the government is being dishonest. Some experts have said that the proposed legislation could be unconstitutional, as the ROC constitution guarantees the right of property. As long as it is for the public good, the government can impose restrictions to a certain extent. So in principle, there shouldn't be any constitutional problems. The Ministry of the Interior says the proposed regulations are reasonable and do not violate the constitution. It remains to be seen whether the legislative yuan will pass its first attempt at imposing three-year prison sentences for real estate speculation. 
Oil prices are going up amid Omicron concerns and a stalemate in U.S.-Iran nuclear talks. This will be reflected in Taiwan on Monday, with fuel prices bouncing back up. One liter of 92 unleaded will go up to 27.6 NT, 95 unleaded will reach 29.1 NT, and 98 unleaded will hit 31.1 NT. Diesel will be 25.6 NT per liter. Let's hear from state-run oil refiner CPC. Commodity taxes already reflected this two weeks ago. With commodity taxes, it's purely a matter of reductions. The reason for this slight rebound next week is due to supply and demand considerations. If not for the strategic petroleum reserves, the whole market would be in a situation in which supply can't meet demand. So, given this situation, the likelihood that prices will peak again is quite high. Analysts say prices may continue rising in the future due to imbalances in supply and demand. A new safety video shot at Lu Old Road in Hualien is causing a stir. Officials from Taroko National Park filmed a hip-hop music video to promote the scenic spot. The video serves as a safety PSA, but music lovers will want to check it out too. Audiences say it's vastly more thrilling than your average safety instructions. Welcome to Dreilu Old Road. Taroko National Park officials are here to give you a musical tour. This is no typical stodgy guide video. These park rangers wrote the song themselves and came up with the whole routine, which is plenty of comedy moments. The mastermind behind the video is Taroko Park official Wu Nianzhen, who coincidentally shares a name with a famous film director. There's a line in High Pitched, a famous song by the musical genius Namely. He says, You say my rap's no good, but it's like a sutra reading. I think it's similar to us. They say you can't do this or that, so I thought, why not try using rap? The public can enjoy the music, but also receive our information. Inspired by Namely, Wu took a month to write the video and two days to film it. These viewers say it's much more of an enticement to visit than the previous productions. We have so much talent in our center. We have an extremely talented composer, colleagues who can edit films, and colleagues who love to act and make comedy. So we've brought them all together to create this safety video. Could this be the world's first hip-hop safety manual? It's telling visitors how to stay safe on the mountains, but with a chuckle for good measure. Results have come back negative for 86 contacts of a former assistant researcher at Academia Sinica who was confirmed with COVID Thursday evening. Results are still pending for another 24 of her contacts, and 97 people have been put in home quarantine. The CECC says the woman was likely infected while handling the COVID virus in a lab. Let's hear from the health minister.
We determined that there is a higher likelihood that she was infected in the lab, as there have been no community infections. Those around her have been tested, as were others she came in contact with, and the results have all been negative. So the likelihood she was infected in the community is quite low, while the chances she was infected at work are quite high. With regard to her workplace, whether she was infected in the office or inside the lab, we consider that the lab was the area of higher risk. Whether the infection was due to rat bites or environmental factors is something we need to investigate further. The patient is the fully vaccinated woman in her 20s who worked at the Academia Sinica lab. She was bitten by a lab rat on October 15th, after which she tested negative for COVID. One month later, she was bitten again, but did not get tested. She first developed a cough on November 26 and gradually experienced other symptoms, such as abnormal sense of taste and smell and a runny nose. It is suspected that she was infected by the Delta COVID variant. The infection of this worker at the virology lab has put the spotlight on the risks and safety procedures of labs that deal with infectious agents. Experts say that lab technicians working at P3 labs have to follow strict safety protocols such as entering the lab in groups and staying in there for no more than four hours. The infected worker had been working in such a lab with live animals which potentially increased the risk of infection. Fully geared with protective clothing, researchers enter a P3 laboratory. Any misstep here could cause a virus to leak out. For the first time in 18 years, an infection has occurred at a P3 lab in Taiwan. Reports say the researcher could have been exposed to the virus while she was removing her protective clothing. If an accident or an exposure incident occurs in the lab, we have to follow regulations and report that at once. We report it to the Department of Health. Sometimes we spray colleagues with a fluorescent agent. When they remove their protective clothing, they must ensure that none of that fluorescent material gets onto their hands. To lower the risks as much as possible, those entering the lab must do so in groups of two or more, and they cannot stay in the lab for more than four hours. The CECC says that the researcher recently infected in the lab had been bitten by a rat, which could have greatly increased the risk of infection. In labs where animal testing is done, there is a higher level of risk because you're working with a live subject. Certainly, there is some difficulty with that. You have to deal with the fact that once the animal is infected, its behavior might change. Laboratories are classified into four categories. P1, labs working with agents that are not known to cause diseases in humans. P2, labs working with agents that may present risk of human infection and illness. P3, labs working with agents that can cause serious and potentially lethal disease, such as COVID. P4, labs working with agents that can cause severe and potentially lethal diseases, for which there is no vaccine or treatment. An infection occurred at a P4 lab in Taiwan 18 years ago when then-senior research specialist Zhang Jiatong was accidentally infected with SARS. Former CDC director Su Yiren says the incident was caused when a lab worker spilled a liquid containing the virus and wiped it up with tissue in violation of the lab's standard operating procedures. 
The CECC has released a list of venues the infected woman had visited before her diagnosis. Most places are in Taipei and New Taipei, including the Taipei MRT's blue, red and orange lines. Between November 28th and December 8th, the patient visited several businesses in New Taipei's Sijiu district, including IFG Far Glory Square, Chuyuan Ramen on Gongjian Street and the Nanchang branch of Sundongbao Steakhouse. The local case was announced just two days ahead of New Taipei's annual Christmas concert. New Taipei Mayor Ho Yi says his city will be ready to scale down the concert and cancel the event if necessary. Over in Taipei, Mayor Ko Wen-je says his administration will cancel the Taipei Lantern Festival if infections with unknown origin are detected. A new artificial intelligence system could help doctors diagnose heart disease earlier, preventing fatal cardiovascular problems. Doctors at National Taiwan University Hospital based their new and improved diagnostic tools on data from the National Health Insurance Database. The resulting personal health info will be available to patients on their NHI app. NTU Hospital and the National Health Insurance Administration signed an MOU pledging to use NHI Big Data to improve diagnoses for cardiovascular disease. They will also use AI modeling of prognostics to construct a database of risk. The plan is that nobody who does a CAT scan of their lungs will have contrast media. The scans will be uploaded to the NHI cloud database, and our modeling system stationed in the cloud here at NHI will automatically analyze them and produce a grade. Using AI, colored images clearly show arterial calcification or the presence of issues like pericardial fat. The NTU hospital team has developed the world's first AI model specially designed to automatically categorize and calculate thoracic calcification or fat deposits. It allows doctors to swiftly analyze scans and take action at an early stage. Just getting a checkup won't keep you healthy. To improve your health, you have to take some preventative measures after the test or strengthening exercises. If you're told you are at risk, I think you're very likely to go to the hospital. Our colleagues are planning this. When your data is there, it gets uploaded to the NHI, and they put it in your personal health file. We already have more than 7 million people using their health file. If everyone downloaded it, as soon as you did a test, it would get sent to the health file. Mortality statistics from the Ministry of Health and Welfare show that cardiovascular-related ailments are Taiwan's number two killer. But the early signs of disease can be hard to detect, even with blood lipids and sugar tests or normal CAT scans. Now, AI can make diagnosis more accurate, and the results could soon be available at the tap of a finger. Dementia is a growing challenge for Taiwan's aging society. One in 12 older citizens will develop cognitive difficulties. Now, researchers from National Taiwan University of Science and Technology are trialing an AI system that may spot dementia warning signs in patients' brainwaves. They hope the system will allow people to take action faster and prevent the earliest stages of cognitive impairment from progressing. 
A participant dons EEG headwear and electric currents are attached. Brainwave signals are then analyzed by artificial intelligence to spot changes in brain activity. Its aim is to discover the complexity of brain signals and, and spot the mild cognitive impairments that characterize the early stages of dementia, as well as help prevent them. We compile the characteristics of brain waves from different areas of the brain and interpret them together. We read the complexity of the signals as well as the connectivity, the relations between one brain wave and another. The connectivity between some areas of the brain is already very weak in some patients, but the connectivity in healthy individuals is very strong. It's a very important marker. As well as analyzing brain waves, scientists also use a scale. Minor cognitive impairments have no obvious symptoms, but every year, about 15 percent of people with such impairments will develop dementia. We have a special term in medicine, that is, mild cognitive impairment. What it means is all your daily functions are still fine, but your brain is already showing signs of impairment, such as forgetfulness, such as worsening sense of direction, such as making mistakes and counting money. If we can detect this demographic early, there may be the opportunity to stop the impairment from progressing at that point and prevent the possibility of later developing dementia. The system has so far been used to analyze brain waves from 72 trial participants. Researchers say it's 90 percent accurate. They are looking to obtain data from 500 more participants for the study, which has been reported in journals abroad. Doctors implore those who think they may have mild cognitive impairment to seek medical attention and to do all they can to maintain good mental health as well as keeping blood pressure low to reduce all risks.